Hello, Constantiaberg. My apologies for those of you who were looking for this message uh, on the website or the podcast. Unfortunately, uh, due to some problems, it wasn't uploaded. But uh, it's such an important message for us as a church for what God's doing, where he's taking us this year, that I've decided to re-record the message from my home. So this is that uh, recording from my house. I'm going to do my best to replicate Sunday as best I can. I think it's a fantastic message. Thank you for your patience. And uh, here goes. It's fantastic to be here in 2020. Uh, if you didn't know, Constantiaberg actually turns 10 years old this year, which is fantastic. Great milestone for us. And uh, it's great to be a part of what God's already been doing in the church. It's great to be part of a new decade. I remember I was probably in grade one or two when I had the realization that I would actually be alive for the year 2000. I mean, I remember thinking this is absolutely incredible that I get to be part of a new decade. I mean, how exciting for anyone to realize that. It was the future. I imagined flying cars, cruising on hoverboards, you know, cops and robbers would be firing lasers at each other. There would be robots everywhere. I mean, I remember closer to 2000, everyone's fear, you know, what would happen, the end of computers, the mass destruction as electronic electronics and the industries dependent on electronics shut down and failed as all the time has clicked to zero, zero, zero. Uh, I think Heidi's dad and parents even bought some tinned food and perishables and got ready for the chaos. But hey, here we are. We've made it. We're in 2020. Well done to us. Exciting to be part of the future, also to be a part of the future of what God's doing uh, in this world. How exciting. Now, today is our second Team Talk Sunday. Last week, I spoke about freedom and family. We looked at culture's lie that tells us that true freedom is the same, is equal to individual autonomy. And the more of it we get, the happier we will be. We also saw that it's just not delivering on that promise. The truth is, as our individual freedom grows, our commitment to others and to community wanes and it's hurting us. We're not experienced the happiness that cultures promised us. We explored the biblical truth that really true freedom grows when we use it to love and serve others. And when we do, we experience true meaning and joy. That's the freedom that Christ has won for us, tying our lives to each other, connecting our lives in meaningful ways to people around us. So I'm trusting this year we all experience growing freedom, increased purpose, elevated levels of joy through loving and serving others. Well, today, what I want to do is I want to speak to how we as Constantiaberg, this local church, we're going to spend 2020. I think of them as the essentials to pack for any journey. I don't know if you do this, but if you're doing a hobby or you're going out, you kind of visualize yourself doing the activity to make sure you've packed everything you need. So when I go fishing, I stand there and I picture myself fishing and I think I need my rod, I need a reel, I need my, my trace, you know, my, my sinker, my hook, I need bait. If I'm, I'm picturing myself in Simonstown, I need boots so I don't slip on the rocks. And that's it. That's the kind of stuff. And those are the essentials. I mean, I, I could do with more than those things, but at least if I have those, I'm good to go and I can have a successful fishing trip. And so that's a bit of what I want to do now. I want to speak to us about what are the essentials for us as Constantiaberg? What are those things that we're, we must have with us in order for us to do what God's calling us to do? You hopefully know this by now, but we do have a purpose statement, kind of a, a mission for the church. We exist to fill this city with the life, fame, and message of Jesus. 
I mean, that's why almost 10 years ago, 80 people decided to plant Constantinburg Church. That's why seven years ago, about 50 of us went over the mountain to plant Common Ground South Peninsula, which is now a thriving local church. And we were not looking to grow a brand, but we're committed to seeing the life, the message, the fame of Jesus spread uh, throughout the Constantinburg Valley into the South Peninsula and wherever it is that God leads us into the future. Well, this morning, I want to change tack a little bit. Now, I've been speaking about this vision. is It's a vision for the message. And it's not going anywhere. We're fully committed to, to seeing this city filled with the life message and fame of Jesus. I mean, this year, we felt God stirring us and leading us into having a vision for the messengers. That's us, by the way. And we want to make sure that for the next number of years, we're doing things from a vision, from the place that will put everything else we do out there on steroids. I'm speaking about having a vision for the kind of people we're becoming. I mean, we spend most of our lives living largely with a sense of doing rather than just being. But the greatest truth is what we do with our lives, what we accomplish, you know, it changes, it fluctuates so much of it's out of our control. But who we are, the kind of person we are, that's the constant. That's what we bring to every moment of our lives. I think about my vision for 2020, you know, the robots, the lasers, hover, hoverboards. It wasn't quite right. I mean, there's a lot that happens. It's out of our control. But what is in our control, what is in my control is the person that I am today that I walk into this new decade of 2020 with. If you tracked with us last year, we worked through the letter to the church in Ephesus, the letter of Ephesians. In the New Testament, all these letters are called epistles. I mean, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians. They're letters written to local churches. And if you track these letters, what you quickly discover is that the Bible is more focused on the kind of people we're becoming than the mission. The epistles are concerned more with the messengers because we know that if we get the messengers in a good place, if we have a vision for the kind of people we're becoming, the, the mission kind of takes care of itself. So what I want to do today, I want to speak into five areas of focus, those essentials for us as a church, as we look at the kind of people we're becoming. As I said, they're not everything we need, but they're our focus for this coming year. So what am I doing now? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at Colossians 1. We're going to turn there in your Bible if you want to so long. Then I'm going to look at these five areas of focus. And then uh, on Sunday, we landed in communion. We made space to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you can take time out to pray after you've listened to this message and freshly invite the power of God, the companionship of God uh, to just touch your life and to get you ready and excited and equipped for what God's called you uh, to and who God's called you to become. So here we go. Let's look at Colossians 1. I'm going to read it. Verse 24. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I've become its servant by the commission God gave me to present you the world of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. So in verse 25, you see Paul has a vision for the message to present to you the word of God in all its fullness. And you'll pick up as I read in verse 27 that his uh, special vision for the message is to go to the Gentiles, those who are non-Jews. Let's keep reading. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
Now here's the key text. We proclaim him, meaning Jesus, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect or mature in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy which so powerfully works in me. In verse 28, verse 29, you see Paul has a vision for the messenger. He wants to see messengers become perfect in Christ. His vision for, for you, his vision for us as a church, for me, is to become more like Jesus in nature, you know, who we are and lifestyle, how we live. That means for your life that Paul's vision for you is that you would be more Christ-like today, now, than you were in January 2019. And that come January 2021, that you've grown to live more Christ-centered lives in an ever-increasing self-centered world. Paul had a vision for people. He wanted to see members of the church maturing, coming to completeness, fullness of life, to the point where they closely represented and reflected Jesus. And I love that word uh, for complete or mature. You know, that, that meaning complete, it means lacking nothing. Becoming more like Jesus is what we were made for. When God created us, we become complete, we become whole, we become mature when we become Christ-like. It really is living into who and what God always created us to be. So today is about a vision for the kind of people we're becoming as God gathers us as this local church family. And I hope you know a big part of why any church exists is to create an environment that God uses to shape our lives. It's, it's kind of like a greenhouse where we grow and, and flourish, where we're able to kind of have the maximum environment for flourishing into Christlikeness. So as we move towards heaven, you know, part of the role of, of the church is to see us molded and shaped to fit right into heaven when we get there. But let me ask you for a second. Paul has a vision for your life. Do you? I mean, we've got visions for all sorts of things in our lives. We've got a, a vision for a church that I've spoken to you about. If you're in the marketplace or you run your own business, you've got a, a vision for your business. You might have a vision for your career. Uh, hopefully, you've got a vision for your financial future. Even some of us may have a vision for, say, our families. Probably fewer of us have a vision for our own lives. You know, how how you want things to work out, places you want to go, things you want to do, maybe the kind of standard of living that you're, that you're looking to live for. These are kind of the values, the hopes for your life. If you're single and looking to get married, you might have a vision for who you want to marry. But do you have a vision for the kind of person you want to be for that somebody? I mean, that's a far better vision to have. So here's the, the big question I want to ask us today. Do you have a vision for the kind of person you're becoming? God's vision for each of you is that the character and nature of Jesus is formed in you. It's not a cookie cutter thing. It's, it's a vision to see your unique gifts, talents, personalities, passions infused and edified with the likeness of Jesus. We want to align ourselves with, with that vision, with God's vision for our lives. So come 2020, we're bringing fresh sharpness and intentionality to our diary, to our series, to our events, to see us growing in Christ-likeness. So with all that in mind, here are the five essentials, the five areas of focus for Constantia Big in 2020. You ready for it? I'm excited. I hope you're getting excited. In 2020, we're going deeper in discipleship closer in community, wider in diversity, larger in our leadership pool, and higher in our dependence on God. By the way, these, 
uh, five points all come out of a time of strategic reflection we had as elders at the end of last year and we invited a few key voices from the congregation to join us and we looked at our church we looked at what we're giving ourselves to where we're feeling God wants us to bring greater health and, and intentionality and energy this year and so this is it it's not new it's not sexy but it's what we need according to God's word so let me dive right in and start with the first one deeper in discipleship I'm going to spend most of my time on this point because it's such a key aspect of becoming more Christ-like. I hope you know that you're being shaped right now, that you're a disciple. Whether you're a Christ follower or not, whether you know it or not, whether you want it or not, whether you like it or not, you are being formed into somebody, into the person you're becoming. The church is one of God's primary vehicles for discipling us towards Christ-likeness, but it's not the only thing that's discipling us. Do you know that Cape Town culture is discipling you? The author, David Foster Wallace, uh, he was speaking at a graduation and he told the story. He said there's two young, younger fish swimming along. You know, and they came across an older fish and the, the older fish says to them, Morning boys, how's the water? The two young fish swim on a little and eventually the one turns to the other one a little confused and says, What the heck is water? You see, we're all like fish swimming in an ocean. The only question is whether we're aware of our environments and the, and the effect it's having on our lives. Cape Town is powerfully forming us and our kids through people, media, politics, entertainment, values, rhythms. It's happening 24-7, 364 and a quarter days a year. We need to be careful. We're not like the younger fish who are so used to our environment, so used to what's happening around us that we're not even aware of its effect and influence on our lives. And that's exactly what makes culture such a powerful discipler because it is so subversive and everyday and ordinary. If you were here for our Daniel series last year, we spoke a lot about this. Go listen to it if you missed it. It's, it's fantastic. I think in our lives, we need to create moments as Christ followers where we stop and ask ourselves, do I want to become what culture is making me? Now, get me wrong. Culture is not all bad, but we do need to be discerning. When was the last time you stopped and asked yourself that question? Are you happy with the kind of person you're becoming? The truth is we're so stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, busy, frantic, discontent, lonely. We feel like we need to be more. We need to do more. We need to achieve more. It just feels like somewhere along the way we've, we've lost it. We've lost our way. The world is speeding up. Things are, are moving faster and we're getting caught up in the current. And, and if I'm honest, I think it's hurting us. I just don't believe that as Christ followers, we're made to live at this speed. And that's part of what we do as pastors. We, we have to scratch our heads, ask how we more effectively create an environment where, where Christ is able to counterform us into his image. You can imagine the odds are not in our favor. Let me share with you an example of something that's challenging me at the moment that I'm just starting to get my head around. Let me take you to Matthew 11, verse 28. It says, Jesus speaking, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. We all live under a yoke. You know, it's the piece of equipment that is put on our oxen so they can plow a field or, or get to work. Here's a question for you. Are you living under the light yoke of Jesus? that is restful, or the overwhelming burden and pace that culture is setting for us. We recently went on a staff time away. Rigby shared this with us. I don't think it's his. He got it from somewhere. 
Uh, but he said these words. He said, it is impossible to live under the light yoke of Jesus in the 21st century if you're going to live at the pace of the 21st century. In all of the busyness, the hurry, the hustle, career chasing, goal setting, calendar saturated living, are you happy with the kind of person you're becoming? Just recently started listening to a podcast called Fight, Hustle, End, Hurry. It's only 10 episodes and I'm, I'm three episodes in. It's been so helpful for me. If you wanting to grapple a little bit with this, if you look at the, the rhythms of our life and some wisdom that Christ has for us in, in how to live in such a hurried world, give it a listen. Uh, get to grips with, with what's happening now. I think you're going to find it challenging. One of the ch- most challenging things that spoke to me from the podcast was reflecting on my parenting or husbanding. You know, when we're, we're tired, when we're in a rush, when we've always got somewhere to go, something to get to, or whether we're desperate for some quiet, we're never really the best version of ourselves. It's like almost every bad fight or negative moment in our parenting or husbanding or wiving, it can be traced down to busyness or tiredness or needing to be somewhere. The truth is we're, we're often not present. We're missing moments to teach, to love, to encourage and we, we carry low levels of anxiety and it leaks out of us in anger, frustration, outbursts, or just isolation and cutting people off. We push our limits nowadays. We, we celebrate hurry and, uh, and growing capacity to go harder for longer, more than anyone else. We, we celebrate it as a virtue. But I want to put it to us that could be, this could be one of the greatest vices that we will ever face in our lives to the people that we're becoming, the people that God wants us to become. Truth is, I want more for myself. I want more for us. We need a vision for our lives that includes going deeper in our discipleship. And so next week, we're starting a 24-week journey into the first eight chapters of the Gospel of Mark. We're learning the ways and the words of Jesus. And we're going to mine this journey for all its countercultural formation we possibly can. We kick off next week or this coming Sunday with our first five-week block in the book of Mark. It's a sub-series. We cut the 24 weeks into sub-series. And this one's called Good News at Last. In a world with so much bad news, we could do with some real good news. It's a fantastic time for you to invite friends if you want to come along, uh, invite them along to hear some good news. The context of South Africa, of all that we're going through, the economic challenges, political challenges, uh, economic realities, we can, we can offer real hope, good news at last. It's also a fantastic time to join a life group. If you're not yet part of a life group, now's the right time to join in. You can chat to me on a Sunday, Donovan, or find Simon who's giving some time to, toward our life groups. There's also a 30-day devotional that's kicking off. You can download it off our website. What's so amazing about Jesus? They'll also be on sale on Sunday for 20 Rand. But, but these are ways that we can start giving ourselves to being formed by Christ. And so we're very excited about it. Also for this year as a church, we've got a vision uh, for who we're becoming. And so we're developing some interactive courses that we're going to put on for those who want to come along. Uh, dealing with some key discipleship areas, uh, areas in our lives where culture is is having a huge say in forming who we're becoming. And we want to bring the light and the life of Jesus to bear on those areas of our lives. So you'll hear more about that. We're also bringing fresh conviction and intentionality to our life groups. Uh, you know, we've been doing loads of work last year, the last six months working on our community leadership team. 
So every life group gathers with other life group leaders and they're part of what we call a community. And there's a, a leader that, that helps uh, shepherd those life group leaders. Well, we've been doing great work with that team, just connecting, building friendships, uh, supporting each other, getting to know each other. We really want to be leading and supporting and ministering from connect from being connected, from strong community. We want our, our hearts to be knit together as we give leadership to this church. We've been spending time reading a, a book together, having some discussion, bring, bringing greater clarity and leadership to what we want for our life groups and what our role looks like as community leaders. So excited about that. Here's something cool to consider. Uh, we want to start sharing some stories of what God's doing in our lives. I mean, in a church like ours, God is doing so many things in so many lives. He's at work discipling us, shaping us into who we're becoming. And we want to hear some of those stories. So we started an email address. It's seabergstories at commonground.co.za. And uh, we're inviting you to send us a mail with your story in it. If you don't want to write the whole thing out, send us some key points. We'll get hold of you. And with your permission, we'll start sharing some of those stories on some of our platforms and channels. We, we want to encourage each other towards Christ-likeness. We want to share our real lives. You know, sometimes you come along to church on a Sunday, you look around, everyone's on their best behavior. You think, you know, you're the only one struggling. But, but you need to know that, no, no, we're, we're all struggling. We're all uh, figuring out what it means to follow Jesus uh, in our lives, in our culture, through all the challenges that we face. And so we want to encourage each other with our real stories of what God's doing. So send us your story and we'll be in touch. Okay, let me move on. So that's, that's we're going deeper in discipleship, but we're also going closer in community. If you missed last week's message, uh, I encourage you to give it a listen. I spoke about it a little bit. It's called uh, Family and Freedom or Freedom and Family. Uh, go give it a listen. You need to know as a Christ follower that any God-aligned vision for who you are becoming is a team sport. There's no lasting discipleship. There's no lasting change uh, moving towards Christ-likeness without community. Christians grow together. We use our freedom to love and serve others, to receive love and service from others. That's God's plan for our lives. And so we as a team, as an eldership team, we want to continue leading our church in recovering true community. We want to keep growing in our understanding and expression of the value and the truth of church as family. You know, God is our father and we've got brothers and sisters and younger brothers, younger sisters, mothers. And we want to figure that out more and more. You know, across our soon to be 10 congregations across the city, uh, we've got this saying that we believe we're better together, that we can accomplish more through partnering together than we can on our own. This year, we also want to flip that around and say we want to be together better. We want to live in the reality of community more than we ever have before. Can I say to you also, if you listen to last week's message on, uh, on freedom and family, or if you listen to it now and God's speaking to you, and he's challenging you and he's inviting you into things. Can I say, don't move on. Don't just go on to the next message. Take some time out to reflect on what it is God is saying to you. You know, listen to the message a few times. Pray. Talk to others. Uh, we don't want to be just hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. And so let's put into place some of the things that God's calling us to as we tie our lives to each other so that our freedom can grow. Okay, here we go. The third one. In 2020, Seaberg. We're going wider in diversity. I'm sure you know that we live in one of the most segregated parts of South Africa here in Cape Town. But also our 
this church, our community, we live in, in some of the most segregated parts of Cape Town. The hangover of our past still massively shapes our lives and our city along lines of race and economic realities. We have to have a vision to become the kind of people who cherish and celebrate the diversity or variety that God has put on display in his creation. We must become a church that models to Cape Town a new way of living. I mean, that's what Jesus enabled us to do. He put in us a new heart. He's empowered us with the Spirit so that we are enabled to, to, to live a new life, to reflect his kingdom, to his values, his life uh, to this world. I read this quote last week from Barry Brooks. It says, uh, my theory of social change is that society changes when a small group of people find a better way to live and the rest of us copy them. I want to say to us, church, who we're becoming matters to this city and matters to this country. Jesus said that people will recognize us, know that we are the disciples of Jesus when we truly learn to love each other. It's John 13. We have to get this right. We want to be increasingly freed from the social architecture of apartheid and reflect and, and more ref, reflective of the social architecture of the future, of our future, which is heaven. Listen to this from Revelation 7, verse 9 and 10. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Guys, we want to be on the right side of the future. Dallas Willard famously wrote, you know, Christianity, it's not about getting people into heaven, but getting heaven into people. And can I say, we're not only speaking about race, tribe, or language. We also want to celebrate the voice and contribution of our ladies in this church. I'm so grateful for the gifted women that have and continue to shape this church. You know, from preachers, administrators, ministry leaders, organizational leaders, strategic influences, faithful prayer warriors, and more. I think of the eldership couples, the, the, the husbands and our wives, the, the, the deacons whose voices help shape who we're becoming through prayer and through contribution. And, and I celebrate everything we're getting right in this regard as a church. And, you know, this isn't something new. This, isn't a, this biblical value has always been in us. But the truth is we don't feel like we've necessarily given expression to it the way that we haven't worked it out the way that we would like to, the way that we feel like really honors our conviction. And so we want to do better in making sure the voice, contribution, the gifts of our ladies are celebrated in our church as we believe scripture calls us to do. So, so as we go wider in diversity, we want to become the kind of people who actively celebrate our differences, God-ordained differences, as gifts from God. So here we go. Fourthly, in 2020, we're going larger in our leadership pool. Could have called this heading a number of things. I was thinking increasing our impact or including more influences. In the end, I settled for larger in our leadership pool because it, it kind of fits in uh, with the alliteration. You know, that's the difficulty of preaching sometimes. Uh, it's a lot of fun sometimes to try and get these things to, to stick, to be a little bit more memorable. So we're going larger in our leadership pool. And we say that because leadership is influence. We know from Ephesians 1 that God has prepared every Christ follower, that God has prepared good works in advance for us to do. Why? So that we can walk in them. 
you know, we want to more and more. We want to see more and more of us living into the good works, into those good works God's prepared for us, for bringing our influence as God designs. I'm sure we know that one of the most well-known metaphors for the church in the Bible is the body. We're the body of Christ, you know, arms, legs, ligaments, muscles, eyes, ears, fingers, lungs, kidneys. I mean, there's so much variety in function and impact. But at the end of the day, all this functioning is, is for the health of the same body. All these parts working together, not only so that the body, the church itself flourishes and is healthy and growing, but also so that we're greater in our effectiveness, that we're able to be the hands and feet of Jesus as we impact this world. We have to have a vision for our lives that includes bringing our influence or leadership to our surroundings. If you've been in church for any length of time or church leadership, you may have heard about the 80-20 principle. It's the saying that usually in a church just like ours, you have 20% of the people who are doing 80% of the work, 20-80 principle. Can I say to us, this is not going to be our story. We're going larger in our leadership pool, seeing more people bringing contribution and bringing their influence and impact into the life of the church and through the church into our surroundings. And hey, I celebrate all those who are serving. I don't think we're at the 20% doing 80% of the word, but there's certainly space for us to include more and more people. I mean, Jesus modeled for us the power, but also put in us the desirability for servant leadership or being, you know, bringing servant-hearted influence of himself. He said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. We must have a vision for who we're becoming that includes growing our influence to serve, to bless, to be other-centered, to love, to see others flourishing and growing. We want to become the kind of church where more people are bringing their leadership and influence as God calls and equips. That means increasing those serving as leaders, increasing people serving in our volunteer teams. And serving beyond our church into our surroundings, you know, whether in the marketplace or in areas of justice, as we roll out our triple E uh, conviction across the city. We want everyone off the stands and in the game. I mean, following Jesus is not a spectator sport. It's everyone off the stands, on the field, playing their role, getting involved in, in what's happening. And so I want to say to you, if you're serving in some way, why don't you invite people to join you in what you're doing? You know, just raise people up to do what you're doing. Invite your friends, people in your life group, people that you know that are in the church, but maybe who aren't serving right now. And just say, hey, come and join me. Come and bring your weight. It'll be great. If we all do that, it's going to make a huge impact. We want us to take seriously the, the fact that God is, is calling us in this season to bring our roles, to do these works he's prepared for us. We want to train. We want to equip. We want to upscale ourselves so that our leadership pool is larger this year. Here's one invitation I want to throw out there, life group leading. I want to invite you to consider starting a life group. If this is something that God's laid on your heart, maybe you've done it in the past, maybe you've got dreams to do it in the future, come and chat to us. We, we're longing to launch new life groups. Maybe you're, you're already in a life group. Well, what about planting a new one? Chat to your life group leader, maybe say, hey, myself, if you're alone, or my wife, my husband and I, along with this couple, we want to go plant a new life group. We want to create space uh, for the people God is adding to our family. So they also experience the same love, the care, the growth that you're experiencing in your life group. Come and speak to me, as I said, or speak to Simon. Here we go, higher in our dependence on God. Now, I realize that I don't have time to flesh this out as much as I'd want to, 
But that's okay. We're going to get there. We're going to flesh this out throughout the year. It's not less important than anything else we're speaking about. And we're definitely going to pick it up over the next while. But let me just say a few things. One, let me use the image of the sun. The sun does not revolve around the earth. The earth revolves around the sun and for very good reason. The sun is greater in size, in mass, in energy. The sun gives us life and light. So as a church and as people, we don't expect God to revolve around us. We center our lives around Him. We live in, the, in increasing levels of dependence upon His might, His power, His energy, His love. We're also living in a world where often we're consumed with the material. You know, we're mesmerized with our own efforts, our energies, the knowledge of what we can achieve. Yes, particularly lately, we seem to be fighting more and more to defy our limits uh, and to try and do more and be more. I want to say that not us, not us. We're not those people. Yeah, we understand that being created by God, being image bearers of God means we have incredible potential to do good and to achieve so much. And we, and we are hungry after that. But we also understand that we're created from dust, meaning we have limits. And the kind of people we're becoming, we understand that we have great God-given potential, but we have limits. We need to become the kind of people that we want to become more than what we've got within us. We need more of God. We need more prayer. We need more dependence on Him. We need more of His Spirit to become the kind of people we want to be. Okay, let me wrap this message together. Bring it to an end. In 2020, we felt God give us a vision for the messenger. We're not backing off our, off the message and our mission uh, of where we want to take that message. We're actually putting it on steroids as God leads us into a vision for the kind of people we're becoming. But we, but we felt the emphasis from God that he's forming us to be Christ-like, to be mature in resembling Jesus in our nature and in our lifestyle. And so as God leads us, we're responding with these five essential areas of focus. Deeper in discipleship, closer in community, wider in diversity, larger in our leadership, or higher in dependence on God. These will see us become more Christ-like as people, as a church. This will see a new kind of humanity. Uh, reflected in the world that we become an agent we become an access point for the kingdom of God to break into this world as we become more like Jesus so that's what we're trusting God for come 2021 that we'll be more like Jesus than ever before that come 2021 we look back over a year of growth into becoming the kind of people that God's creating us to be well, if you're listening to this message on the podcast, I want to encourage you to maybe take some time out, spend time just reflecting on the message, anything that God's spoken to you about. Uh, take a few moments of quiet. Maybe freshly surrender your life to God. Maybe slow down and just say, God, I want, I want to be the kind of person that's more like Jesus. I want to be growing. I want to be more reflective of you in nature. I want to be more reflective of you in my lifestyle. And just freshly invite the Holy Spirit to come and minister and speak to you in the next few minutes. God bless you. We'll see you again on Sunday. Have a fantastic day.